What's going on, Centerpoint? Hey, it's so good to see everybody. And I'm so glad that you all are here today. If you're joining us online, whether you're watching this right now live or you're watching this at a later time, I want to say welcome. So glad that you're joining us for service here at Centerpoint. Let me introduce myself. My name is James. I'm the next-gen pastor at the church, and I'm excited to be continuing in our series called Headlines. How many of you have been here for at least one of the two other weeks that we've had? Let me see some show of hands, and uh, that's awesome. And then last week we had Don Rogers here and with ELI, and that was an amazing time for us. And so um, I'm just excited to get into the Word today. Um, how many of you know, though, that we don't just come to just listen to a message when we come to church, right? We, we come to gather around the Word of God. Like we come to not to be stoic, not to lean back like this and just what does this guy have to say? And I'm going to fact check everything on Google. But can we just come to gather around the very presence of God today? Can we come expecting to hear from God tonight? How many of you need a word from God tonight? How many of you need to be encouraged today? Amen. Well, I believe that church shouldn't just be something that we just, you know, endure. I think we should enjoy it, right? We should come and we should, we should take pleasure in being with our Father, you know, as His children. And so it should be like coming home right now, you know, coming around the gathering, around the Word of God. And so um, we're going to be in the Scriptures tonight. We're going to be in the, the book of Mark. And so if you brought a Bible, it's in the New Testament. You can turn there with me. Uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, and um, we're in a series right now called Headlines as you're turning there, and um, this series, you know, if you think about headlines, you think about like the news, right, and you get these big headers that have these like one-sentence statements that just, you know, are supposed to get your attention. It's like clickbait, right, and, and so the, the message title for today is Jesus Stops a Hurricane. Jesus Stops a Hurricane, and so if you have a Bible, you're going to be in Mark chapter 4. And, um, and I'm going to set this up as we're getting ready to turn there. Uh, Mark chapter 4. So Jesus uh, has already gathered his disciples. And he has already started to teach. He's already started to do some of the miracles like healing Peter's mother of a fever. And, and just even the, some of the smaller miracles that like we would think are insignificant but really matter to God. Because even the smallest details in our lives matter to God. Yeah, and so, you know, Jesus is with his disciples, and they're in this place called Capernaum. Y'all ever heard of that place, Capernaum? So it's a, it's a fisherman's village, and that's where Peter and the other disciples, a lot of them are from. It's a very familiar area to them. And then Jesus says something to them. He says, hey, he says, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And it's this lake called the Sea of Galilee. I don't know why they call it a lake. It's big, right? And so they're in the sea, and uh, they're getting ready to cross over. And so that's really the, the, the setup to this message is the things that I really want you to remember is this. They're in a familiar place, surrounded by people that they know, and then Jesus says it's time to cross over. How many of you know that that could be a, a, even a prophetic word for somebody tonight? It's time to cross over from familiar into the mission and the plan that God has for your life. Yeah, and so we're going to be, though, in Mark chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read six verses together, and, uh, and then we're going we're gonna to hear from God tonight. So uh, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 5, 35, it says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. 
Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. I'd be too. Who is this man, they said. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's the, that's the passage for tonight. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, we just invite you to just be here with us right now. God, we turn our attention to you. Lord, we ask God that you would, God, that you would be here with us, Lord, that you would strengthen some of us, God. We need encouragement tonight. Some of us, we came broken, we came tired. Some of us are weary. Some of us are in a great place. Praise the Lord, hallelujah to that. But some of us, we just need to, we just need to be assured, God, that you're with us in the storm. And so, God, we thank you first and foremost that you're not a God that says that we go through storms because we've done something wrong. But I thank you, Lord, that you're the type of God that is with us in the storm because you love us, because you're for us and not against us. And so we make up our mind right now in this moment to know that we're loved. We make up our mind, despite what this week has looked like, to say that you are good. And God, we just choose to trust you. We trust you completely. Lord, would you just... just completely redirect our focus and our attention on you, God, as we gather around your word. May it not be my words, but your words. May it not be my message, God, but your message. May I get out of the way and you speak, God, and and people see you because you are amazing. You are worth worshiping, God. You are perfect. You are holy. You are blameless. You are righteous. You are beautiful. You are powerful, like that song we just sang tonight. And so, God, we celebrate, Lord, that you are alive and well, God, and we turn our attention to you in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen 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 so um, here, here's kind of the challenge I feel like when when speaking on a subject like this I feel like most of us have gone to church for such a long time we've heard Jesus stops a hurricane before but I, there's something that the Lord was challenging me on and was this it was like no matter how many times you've heard the word of God it's always fresh it's like fresh manna. It's, 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 God has something for you. And so that's why I really want us to gather around the Word tonight. I really want us to just engage and listen, not just to hear with our human ears, but to hear prophetically. What is God saying to me tonight? What, what, what can I grab a hold of? If you could just grab a hold of one thing tonight that God wants to speak to you, it really can change your life. It really can. And so all my friends in the back that are out there in, in where it's cold, I'm here with you. And, uh, and I can't see you, but I know you're there. And so, um, but let's, let's just start unpacking this passage of Scripture. Um, so th- the interesting thing is this, okay. The first thing, if we could put the first verse on the screen for everybody, and if you're reading from the NLT translation like me, it, it does say this. It says, at evening, which means it's like getting dark, and Jesus is like, hey, let's, let's, let's get in the boat and let's travel, now, I did some research, and I learned something, and, and this is what I mean when I say you'll always learn something, right, if you're, if you're willing to look. Um, the Sea of Galilee, the way the mountains are shaped, um, <clears throat> it was typical for windstorms to come through. And so Jesus is like, 
he knows the beginning from end, which means he knows because he knows that he, he knew he was going to die. He knows that, let's just face it, he probably knew there was going to be a storm. Right? I mean, he could see all things. And so Jesus is taking them into a place where there's trouble. Right? He's taking them into a boat and he's saying, all right, guys, it's time to leave the crowd. It's time to leave familiar. It's time to go. And so it says that they get in a boat at night <laughs> towards evening and they start traveling. And then the Lord began to show me something that I've never seen before. It says this. It says, a few boats followed. A few boats. But there was multitudes and crowds there. Okay, so because Jesus had just got done teaching about the cost of being a disciple, where he's like, hey, this is a lot of people here. You know that it's going to cost you to follow me, right? And then it says that the crowds were there, but a few boats followed. And how many of you know that that's exactly what it's like following Jesus is that there, it, it sometimes can feel like, oh, yeah, we go to church and there's lots of crowds. But when it really comes down to following Jesus, are you willing to leave familiar? Are you willing to leave the place where you're comfortable? And are you willing to go with him to cross over to the other side? And it says that a few boats went with him. So I think that's important for us to, to, to keep in mind. And it says this, they, they left the crowds behind and other boats followed. Verse 37, but soon a fierce storm came up. Everybody say, soon. That's right, soon. It's like suddenly. Suddenly, there was a storm. Suddenly. Are you going through a storm in this season of your life? I don't know what you're going through, but, but I could suspect that if your situation is anything like mine, hello, we live in California, and there's all kinds of different storms going on right now. But in this storm, it's, it's, not, it's actually figuratively. It means there really is a storm that's happening and it says that it suddenly came upon them. You know, the interesting thing, and, and even though we don't have time to dive beyond the passage that we're reading, Jesus, if you, if you read the story, he's leaving the crowds to go across to a place where they say it's like the heathens live, where the pigs are, and there's this one man who's full of a lot of demons and stuff like that, and Jesus leaves the crowd to go after the one. And then it's, there's this storm, there's this opposition, there's this struggle that they're facing. And you know what I started to realize as I read this? Where's the other boats? Because my passage and your passage, it only talks about one boat. But when we first started reading, before there was a storm, there was a few boats. And so I guess my question to you tonight would be, you know, are you traveling alone? Do you know that sometimes when we start following Jesus, it's easy at first and there's lots of people following, but Jesus might take you into something that other people aren't willing to go in with you to. And you know, the interesting thing is, if we, if we could just picture this, I was a youth pastor for a while, so I like to just imagine myself in the story. And, uh, and so Jesus is with the disciples and they're, they're going, and Jesus is tired, so Jesus goes to sleep in the back of the boat. And just think about the, all the, the, the disciples that are with Jesus, like all the different personalities. You know, you got, whew, man, you got some personalities on that, in that boat, right? You have some tax collectors. You have a doctor. You have some fishermen. You have some other people that I don't even know because I'm not smart enough to tell you what they do. And um, you start thinking about what would happen if you were with those people in a boat and a storm suddenly broke out that was so horrific that you actually thought you were going to drown. 
you got Judas probably trying to save himself. You got Andrew, who's the practical one, who's like, okay, listen, guys, we need some buckets because there's water. We got to get rid of it. You know, you got the, the tax collectors. They're like, with this much water coming into the boat at this many seconds, we're probably going to drown within 20 minutes. You got Peter, who's like, hey, guys, this is my boat. I'm steering. I'm the one who's got pride issues. I'm going to drive, okay? You start thinking about Luke's like, is anybody hurt? I'm a doctor. Anybody? Anybody got anybody injuries, okay? We need to put some mats down. Someone's going to slip and fall. You start thinking about all the different personalities on the boat. And I started thinking about this. I started thinking about the fact that it would make sense if the boat was sinking because the fishermen, the four fishermen, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, hadn't inspected their boat before they took off and noticed that there was a leak. But instead, the storm was the root cause of something that wasn't their fault. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you this tonight. The storm that you're in, it's not your fault. You feel like you're sinking, and other people tell you it's your fault, and the enemy tells you it's your fault, but it's not your fault. COVID-19 ruining your business, that's not your fault. Your marriage falling apart right now, maybe, or it may not be your fault. Your children, some of your teenagers that aren't following Jesus right now, we can't make decisions for other people, therefore it's not your fault. And I just felt like I needed to tell somebody today, hey, what happened to you as a child wasn't your fault. And you may feel like, you know what, I was trying to follow Jesus in 2020. I, at the beginning in January, I said, you know, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start following Jesus. I'm going to get in a small group. I'm going to do the whole thing. And then we started filling up with water. And we started drowning. Started feeling like we're sinking. But you know the amazing thing about these buckets that I have up here on the stage? You really can't tell which ones are full of water just from looking at it. And I feel like that's some of our lives. Some of us on the outside, we're dry, but on the inside, we're just drowning. You know, and I started thinking about the story. It's not really the storm and the waves that are the issue. It's the water, the thing that is out there that's getting in there. That's the problem. You start thinking about this. You know, I I was reading um, Boat U.S. Insurance wrote this. Let me read you something real quick, okay? Boat insurance, okay? There's, There's this person who wrote this. After reviewing hundreds of claims a few years ago, Boat U.S. Insurance concluded that 30% of boats sink away from the dock as a result of water coming through the gun waves. This happens when the boat is out in sea for which it wasn't designed. For example, the free boat is too low and the boat is being broadsided by the waves. Boat insurance claim reveals that 13 out of 15 boats start sinking not from the first wave, but the second wave and the third wave. And I started to, you know, read that and I started thinking, I wonder what kind of boat they were in. Like, was it a big boat? Like, was it a boat where there was like a cabin where Jesus could like go sleep, you know, and he's like dry? Or was this like a small boat? You know, and, and, and uh, in a museum, there's some pictures of like a restore boat that they found in, in, in Galilee. I don't know if we have a picture or not, but if, uh, if we do have a picture, we'll throw it on the screens for you. So that's like a boat that they have in a museum. 
from they recovered from from the Sea of Galilee, and I just can't help but picture twelve people plus Jesus in that small little dinky thing, and water starts coming in. Like, can you imagine? It's Jesus picked the worst time to travel, right? Like, didn't he check the weather report? They checked the weather channel. Didn't have that, did they? Huh. And so you start seeing, it's like nighttime. There's 13 of them in this small, maybe little thing right here. And it starts filling with water. And it starts getting heavier. And it starts sinking. And, you know, you got disciples and different people in the boat that are trying to just make it to the other side. And they're like, hey, quick, grab some buckets. Do whatever you got to do. Start sweeping some water. Start scooping it out. And if you've seen like any type of like Pirates of the Caribbean movie where there's like a chase scene or any type of like boat that's like gaining distance or is drowning, what's the first thing to tell you? Throw anything overboard that we don't need. Can I tell you the one thing that you should never throw out if you are in the middle of a storm? Your faith. Don't throw your faith overboard. My main point for you tonight is this. If you feel like you're sinking, keep to the faith. If you feel like you're sinking, keep to the faith. You know, it's interesting because <laughs> as they're, they're trying to get probably the water out and do all kinds of different things, and, and at some point, the other boats that were following with them, they're not in the store anymore. And so what happens, though, when you're like, you're not just like in danger where you can run, but you're in the type of danger where you can't escape. Like you're stuck in the middle of this boat with waves all around you and you feel the water beginning to rise inside the boat and you watch the last boat turn around and you're like, and someone's just kind of like, yeah, but he said we're going to get to the other side. Like we, we got to go. We got to keep going. And what do you do though, like as a fisherman when it's like your expertise and you can't escape something? What happens when you're an expert in your business and your business isn't staying afloat? And you got to trust a word that somebody else told you, that God told you in another moment, just a couple hours ago. It's amazing how the voices on the boat became louder than the voice that told them, let's cross to the other side. I just wonder what voices are we listening to if we are in a storm? I mean, really, if you feel like you're drowning, if you feel like you're sinking, if you feel like you're getting filled with, with just water, and, and, and what voices are we coming to? Because it's interesting how we read the story, and, and we pick up again in verse 38. It says this, but Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a Louis Vuitton cushion. <clears throat> no? I'm sorry. Okay, the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher! Don't you care that we're going to drown? Go with me for a second. They didn't come to Jesus to say, we know that you can stop the storm. They came to them saying, don't you even care that we're drowning? We're we're going under. We're going to drown. And I just felt like this is what I was hearing as I was preparing this message this week. Some of you are in the middle of a storm and you're listening for God's voice, but he's not speaking right now, or at least you can't hear him. And it's like Jesus being asleep in the back of the boat. He's not talking while the storm's going. And some of you are like, well, you know, if God was real, I wouldn't be in this storm. 
well, you know, if I hadn't done this thing, I wouldn't be in the storm. That's not what the, that's not what the passage says at all. The passage doesn't, Jesus isn't punishing them. In fact, they're actually doing what he told them to do. And they're in a storm. It's like no matter how hard life gets, if you're following Jesus, Jesus should only get better. And so they wake up Jesus, who's asleep. I just, I just want to know, like, was he dry or was he just so tired that he was even wet and sleeping? And uh, they wake him up, and Jesus <clears throat> just wakes up, stretches, peace, be still. And the wind stops, and the waves stop, and the storm ceases. It's like the Jesus, the word that became flesh, what John talks about. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. The same voice who in the beginning spoke the waters into existence and said that it was good and separated the water from the land. It's the same voice that's speaking from the boat, saying, peace, be still. I guess a word of encouragement to you would be this tonight, guys. The same voice that created the water is the same voice that created you. And if he can still the tempest and the roaring seas of the actual ocean, he can also speak to your heart. And it can become still. And it can become calm again. But here's what is so interesting, though. When we read verse 40, it says this. After speaking to the water and the winds, he then looks at them. And he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Okay. I wrestled with this verse a bit because as I'm reading it, you know, I'm thinking, Shoot, I would be, I'd be scared too. Like if the boat was starting to sink, you know, and, and, and I'm still trying to figure out who Jesus is, you know, I, I may be in this place where I'm like, Jesus, you know, and I'm shaking him and I'm like, wake up, you know, grab a bucket, do something, help us. The boat's going under. But instead, you know, Jesus is asking him, do you still have no faith? And I used to think that what he was, what he meant by that was, you know that you can tell the winds and the waves, you know, to be still. But he's saying, no, do you, don't you have faith to trust me in this? And I just feel like that's a whole different level of, of, of less pressure for me. Isn't it for you? I mean, not that James Franz could calm any storm. That's not what I'm saying. Not that you could calm any storm, but that you can trust him in any storm. That, that you, can, you can rely on him in any storm. He's saying, do you, do you still have no faith in me? Even after I fed the 5,000? Even after I healed, you know, Peter's mom of COVID-19? No, I'm kidding. It was just a fever. It's not COVID, okay? It was a joke. All right. But even after all these miracles that I've done, you, you still don't have faith? Where is your faith? I love the way the Luke translation, it says, where is your faith? Not just, do you still have no faith, but like, where did it go? You know, and, and it's interesting because in the storm, that's when we test our faith. 
is in the storm. That's the rare occasion where, where people actually see God through your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith comes by the hearing, or now faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the assurance of things not yet seen. Faith, faith is what marvels Jesus. You think about it with like the Roman officer. He was amazed by the man's faith. He said, just at your word, I'll believe. And then in Mark chapter 6, we see that Jesus was marveled that there was no faith. In fact, Jesus just likes to see faith. And other people will see God through how you are in the storm that you're going through. And I just also just wanted to point out the obvious. Some storms are inevitable. Like some storms we're going to go through and, and it's just a part of life. But remember who's in the boat with you. Remember who's with you in the storm. You know, I start thinking about this story and I started thinking about this. You know, if this represented life, this bucket full of water. Oh, this is heavy. Okay. Life has a way of just pouring into us, you know? And sometimes there's things that happen in life and, and we just have no control over it. And it's the storm that's happening around. But sometimes, you know, water just happens to get in. Sometimes just bad things begin to happen, you know? And, and we start to feel like we're sinking. Start to feel like, hey, our finances took a hit. Our marriage is on the rocks. My teenagers aren't following Jesus. I'm struggling with secret addiction. I have a gambling problem. I just don't know if I believe in God anymore. We just start to fill up to where we feel like we're just sinking. We're drowning. You know what sometimes we do when we're full of water like this? Is we start striding. Oh, I can fix it. I could deal with it on my own. Hey, quick, grab a bucket. Hey, let's, let's figure it out our way. And you know, the challenging thing is if this bucket represented God, it's like he knows our problems and we come and we gather around him and we come to center point, but we don't actually talk to him about it. So we just act like we're dry. We act like we have it all together, but really inside we're actually drowning. Really inside, we're actually sinking. And it's like God is just saying, hey, all you got to do is just talk to me. You know, I'm in the boat with you. Hey, I'm with you in the middle of the storm. All you got to do is turn to me. Hey, Peter, James, and John, the disciples, hey, you know that you could just, you could just wake me up and I'll take care of that storm. You know, you could just pray to me. You could just come to me and I'll take care of it. But it's like we, we go to other sources. We go to, to um, false securities and different things and and then we we think that that's actually going to help us but it doesn't and it's not until the disciples came to Jesus even if they weren't coming to him saying hey we know that you can 
silence the winds and the waves. Even though they didn't come to him in that way, they still came to them, him as they were. Authentically, themselves, they came to Jesus. And I just feel like that's the word for tonight, is you don't have to live like this, full of water, sinking. If you feel like you're sinking, keep to the faith. Don't throw your faith out. Don't go through the storm acting like you're going to make it. Instead, come to Jesus and say, you know, I know my teenagers aren't following Jesus, but he who began a good work within them will complete it. Well, I know that my marriage is on the rocks, but we made a covenant before you at the altar and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Woo. Well, I know that I was wronged in this situation, but you are my defender. Well, I feel like this mountain is too big and I can't climb it, but you said faith the side of a mustard seed could toss this mountain into the sea. Well, I feel like we're not going to get through this season of 2020, but you said that in the land of the living, we shall live. <laughs> you said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You said, if we just shout, whoa, even the walls of Jericho will come down. And eventually, you just start pouring out and coming to Jesus and telling him what's going on, and you get lighter and you get emptier. And you know what the Bible says about this? The Bible says, cast all of your worries and anxieties on him because he cares for you. And the Bible even says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I will trade your yoke for mine, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What happens is when you come to Jesus, when you really come to Jesus and you, you tell him what's going on and you come to him in prayer and you start talking to God, you start getting emptier and he, he takes on the burden. He takes on the weight. He takes on the inner struggle. Woo! It's amazing how, as we keep reading, even out of this passage, you, we see that they get to the other side. But it doesn't actually talk about what they did with the water in the boat. And I just wanted to tell you this. Like, I just, I picture myself as I was writing this message as like your grandpa who like, you can make you cry when they tell you something. <clears throat> and I know I'm young, but I want to encourage you with this. You're going to make it. You're going to make it through the storm. You are going to make it to the other side because he is for you and not against you. He's with you in the struggle. My Bible, our Bible that we read talks about that God is ever close in times of trouble, ever present in times of trouble. He's, he's with you in the struggle and in the fight. And I'm not saying that not saying that that means that he's just going to like rescue you from like life's troubles. But I'm, I do know this, that you don't have to let go of your faith in him. Even in the middle of the storm, he, he's there. Turn to him. Come to him. Let's not, let's not just wallow in, in, in stuff that we don't have to 
to deal with. Let's turn to Jesus. Let's come to him. Let's be a a congregation, a church that that doesn't have to act like we have it all together. You know, this has been a crazy season even in my own personal life. I feel like I've been going through this time where I'm like, man, I just, I've had moments of feeling like I'm drowning. And this, this message even helped me preach my own self out of some pits. Because I felt like even in this, I'm realizing, hey, I'm telling you that when you turn to him and you start telling him what's going on, you say, hey, Jesus, I'm drowning. Jesus, I need you. He can work with that. He can work with that. You know, the amazing thing as the band gets ready to, to come up right now, the amazing thing is that when Jesus gets to the other side, it's for one person. It's for this man. We don't know his name, but we, we know that he had some struggles. I mean, he must have done some, some stuff to have 2,000 demons. We know that Jesus goes and he delivers this one person, and that one person then goes on and becomes an evangelist to an entire town and city, and, and people come to know Jesus because of one person. And Jesus left crowds to come for the one. He left the crowds, and he was willing to go through any storm to have us. He left his comfort in heaven to come to earth, even if it was just for one person, even if it was just for you, for me, he would have came, and he did, and he left, and he came for us, and I loved it. I love this. I love this. This is why the gospel is so beautiful and so amazing. It's because it's not about our works of how good we are that we can have a relationship with God. It's that God comes even for the man who lives in tombs, who's full of demons, He's willing to come for the broken. He's willing to come for the lost. He's willing to come no matter what you've done or gone through. That's the good news is that that he who knew no sin became sin, took our weight, took our shame, took our dysfunctions, took our darkness, and he traded places with us so that we could be light so that we could be free, so that we could be full of the light, so that we could be sons of God, we could be righteous. He traded places with us. He went to the cross for us. He left the 99 for the one. So if you're here tonight, and you just, like, you know what, Pastor, I, I... I'm beside myself. I'm walking through a season where I just, I feel like I am just, I'm just drowning. I just, I don't know if I can make it. I'm depressed or I'm lonely or I'm, whatever you're going through, I may not know it, but Jesus sees it. And I just want to be a good friend at the least to you to just remind you, turn to him. Don't throw your faith overboard. There's plenty of other things that we want to use to get us through the storm, but it's really, it's turning to him because at his word, he stops the accuser. At his word, he silences the storms that rage against us. Amen? Man, I feel the presence of the Lord tonight, don't you? Shall we pray? Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, if 
If you're here tonight and you need to give your life to Jesus, you've been trying to go through life like this story in a boat, just traveling through life and you're in the midst of a storm and you don't have a relationship with the rescuer, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And you want to give your life to him and make him the Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity. Just as a pastor, I just want to pray for you. I just want you to just raise your hand. Let me connect with you in this moment. I'm not going to make you do anything. See your hand. That's amazing. It's never too late. Never, never too late. The enemy wants to tell you that you're going under, but that boat made it to the other side, and you're going to make it. And so if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, just repeat after me. Just say, just talk to him right now. Turn to Jesus right now. In the tempest of your heart, just turn to him and just say something like this. Jesus, I'm right here, and I need you, and I want you to come into my life and be the Lord of my life, my Savior, my Rescuer, my God. I choose to believe in you and take you at your word that you are the Son of the living God and that you are all that I need. In you, I have everything. I am enough because you say I'm enough. I am loved because you say you love me. I'm yours. I'm yours. Jesus, mighty name. Amen, amen. Hey, with every, we could just stay in this moment for just another second. I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for people. And it could even be people that are online right now. We have our host teams available and ready to pray with you. But if you're sitting here tonight and this, this message just was for you. You needed, you needed this word. Be reminded that you're not alone in the storm. You need your rescuer. You need to turn to God. If you need to talk to Jesus, would you just, can I just see your hand? Could we just acknowledge that we need God if that's, if that's you? Thank you. It always just takes one and then hands go up. There's nothing to be ashamed about. It's not their fault that they were in the storm. Life just has a way of that, that happens. And that's, it's when we pretend like we don't need God. And that's a form of pride. The Bible says that he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives favor to the humble. So if you, if you need a rescue, you need Jesus right now. That's just your brother in Christ. I just want to pray with you. Can we just take... 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Really just, I want you to just talk to him. I want to make space in this message for you to talk to Jesus. Can we just take 30, 45 seconds? Go ahead. Just talk to him. Tell him what you need. If it's too personal and you can't say it out loud, talk to him in your head.
Come on, don't let this moment pass. This is what you came here for tonight. You came here to talk to God, be in his presence. Lean into your faith. Don't let your heart get hardened to him. Don't let Jesus become so familiar that you stop honoring him. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6 that Jesus was only able to do a few miracles because there was no honor. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge that there have been moments where maybe we haven't turned to you. But I'm right here. We're right here. Please speak to the storm. Please speak to the thing. And tell it, peace, be still. being so good so so good